This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Live from San Diego and Brooklyn, New York, you're listening to the Solis Report. Tonight's guest from rotovis.com, Sean Siegel. Later, the boys talk football. Sean recycles a joke, and Devin does an impression. Featuring Devin McIntyre and the Solis Report Band. And your host, John Solis! All right, all right, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, thank you so much. Yes. No, we've got a good one. We've got a good one. Thank you. Thank you. So in the news today, Dev, uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, did you see this? Do you know where I'm going with this? No, what's up with Kirk Cousins? So I never would have expected this uh, for a guy like Kirk. Pretty straight-laced guy, but apparently uh, there's a restraining order out against Kirk Cousins. Did you hear this? No. So uh, under the terms of the order, uh, uh, Kirk is forbidden from throwing a football within 10 yards of Stefan Diggs. That's too real, John. That's that's too soon and too real. <laughs> you know, speaking of, of too real, Dev, uh, I don't think anyone could have foreseen the way this Antonio Brown situation would have played out. Okay, all right. Calm down. Calm down, everybody. We're just joking around. Uh, but why let Antonio Brown's own mistakes uh, uh, keep us from telling these jokes? So uh, what do you say? Can we go ahead and, uh, and tell my Antonio Brown joke? All right, okay, great, great, great. So uh, among the litany of accusations against Antonio Brown, one of them uh, really stood out to me, Dev. You know what that is? No, which one was that? So I guess he had a a pattern in practice of going to the doctor and saying there was uh, something wrong with his ass. And when his doctor would bend down and and check it out, uh, he would fart in his face, and then he would parade around saying, uh, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest, like he was uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, in fact, uh, he's asked all of his closest acquaintances to call him by a new name. Uh, you heard about this, Deb? What's, a, what's his new name? They call him uh, Gaseous Clay. Gaseous Clay. Nice. Ga- gaseous or, or maybe Gaseous Clay. Uh, uh, float like a butterfly. Stink like a beef. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, you know, that's. Uh, I'm guessing that that's why Tom Brady has actually ha- had him clear out of his house. John. It wasn't the other stuff. It was the beefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. Uh, it was stinging like an onion. <laughs> Speaking of Tom Brady, John, I read an interesting and kind of weird fact about him lately. I'm not sure if it's true, but uh, it sounded like. It sounded like it could be true. It it said that Tom Brady gave up drinking. Oh, uh, um, 
Well, I didn't hear that, but I mean, it sounds true. He's kind of a, a health nut that he would stop drinking mint juleps or whatever. doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, no, it's not a booze thing, John. He, he's, he's now hydrating only by eating solid foods. Uh, what? Uh, so what does he do when he gets thirsty? I don't, what does he do? I, I, don't, I don't know how it works, John. I think he, like, eats a cabbage. <laughs> like, on a cheat day, he can, like, have a cup of ice <laughs> He probably calls that dessert. <laughs> he probably <laughs> puts it on Instagram and says dessert. And he's yeah, got he's, his, his ice chips. Off. Yeah, he's sworn off all beverages. Hey, what? Of, of all solids, cabbage? Really? I mean, even uh, watermelon is like 99% water. You'd think... I think a smart guy like that would go for the watermelon. He needs the fiber. Thing. So, Dev, um, I know we didn't really get to talk at length about food last time, but you know I'm a Gordon Ramsay fan, right? Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, and um, I guess for this season, uh, he's going to, to pastry shops. He, he's criticizing cupcakes. He's doing cakes. He's doing breads. Uh, he's 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 doing every everything you could imagine at a pastry shop. Um, he really laid in uh, to this one guy last week. Uh, in fact, I haven't seen a baker more under pressure than the Browns game. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so uh, 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 folks, uh, you know we've been doing a lot of this. Uh, I, I haven't uh, I haven't heard this since that, or I haven't seen this since then. Uh, do you guys like that format? Oh, okay, wow, you guys you guys love that format. But how about you listening at home? Do you guys like that format? Uh, go ahead and write the show and uh, and, uh, and let us know. Uh, Solis Report on Twitter, Devin MCI on Twitter. Uh, uh, praise to me, complaints to Dev. Go ahead and write in and, and, and let us know. Uh, folks, we've got a, uh, a great show for you tonight from rotoviz.com. We've got Mr. Sean Siegel. We're going to do a little bit of uh, would you eat? Would you tweet? Uh, if we're lucky, Devin might hit us with an impression. And we're going to talk about some Detroit Lions. Coming right back. Uh, folks, you've all weighed in, and uh, apparently the right way to say it is Patreon. Patreon, which still sounds unnatural to me, but... Uh, do us a favor and, and support the podcast by signing up for the Rotoviz Patreon. Uh, patrons of Patreon on Rotoviz get access to the special Patreon Slack channel where you can ask our experts, our, our podcasters, and uh, uh, some random Rotoviz riffraff uh, anything you want about your fantasy team or otherwise. It's just $6 a month. And for an additional 3 bucks, you also get some Rotoviz merchandise. So make sure you check it out. Plus, for a limited time only, we're offering a two-year Rotoviz Radio NFL sub, which includes a 10% discount and complimentary access to the Rotoviz Radio Patreon and the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel. And get 10% off a two-year subscription and enjoy unlimited access to the Rotoviz Slack channel. All you have to do is head to rotoviz.com/podcast and sign up via the two-year Rotoviz Radio subscription. We'll email you Slack access details within 48 hours. Once again, that is rotaviz.com slash podcast. All right, all right. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're back, folks. Uh, you know, Dev, there were a lot of fun games this weekend. Uh, I caught most of it through Red Zone. Um, one game that stood out to me was the Lions game. 
And the reason it stood out to me is um, I don't understand how this team is is winning games. They keep showing up, beating good teams. Um, I can't name a single player besides Matt Stafford, but uh, these guys keep winning. What is what is going on in Detroit? It is kind of crazy. I mean, I guess you can say they're undefeated. They haven't lost, even though they only have two wins. They had that weird tie against Arizona in week one. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, things are going well over there. You know, it's it's this is like one of the most storied NFL franchises, but mainly for being, like, incredibly incompetently run. Right, right. Nobody likes being in Detroit. I think Stafford's the only guy who might uh, actually have his full career there, and I'll knock on wood for that. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Calvin Johnson has come out with some interviews lately. I'm not sure if it's tied to... I think he's I think he's maybe getting into like the cannabis biz or maybe the CBD oil business. Uh, he said recently on on some interview that he like smoked weed after every single game his entire career, uh, but mainly because for pain management because he was like the opioids and the other stuff didn't make him feel right and he was nervous about it and you know basically ten years later we're seeing all these problems that other people are having with them so he sort of saw saw into the future and got out before it was too late i guess did you see um did you see his fingers on on that article yeah he's like if he wants to point at you he has to point like anywhere but at you (laughs) he's got to take a guess i I mean they look like the the gnarled branches of of uh, an oak tree in in the winter time they they look they look terrible and i guess he was saying he had at least one concussion every year, and he was in the league for for nine years. I mean, the the poor guy. It was a it was a different era. No, it's definitely scary. I remember when he retired, and he had a hand surgery done, and that was one of the things where doctors were like, because everyone was like, "Oh, he'll come back." You know, maybe if they release him, he'll go on another team or something. And doctors were like, "That's the sort of hand surgery you get when you're." when you're hanging it up for good like a lot of players have that and they they you know wait until they've called it quits so that was like a big sign that he was probably done wow i actually um i don't think i picked up on that back then i know people held on to him for a long time in some cases years after in dynasty leagues because he was just so special uh as a player uh both as a fantasy owner and just as a fan generally there was nobody like megatron yeah, there like for for year like I mean I feel like even recently there was a couple of years where there'd be some whisper over the summer that like he'd be spotted at like an Oakland Raiders practice and like someone <laughs> and then you get a little email update and be like <laughs> such and such just the Solace Report team adds Calvin Johnson for waivers <laughs> and then you quietly drop him in, in the third preseason week when he when he's obviously like in the south of France or whatever. gosh it's always fun talking about football uh but i think it's time for everybody's favorite segment uh would you eat would you tweet uh dev this week let's start with a little would you eat no john we're not we're not doing this segment again i don't care how popular it is because last time you specifically told me to prepare like a little bit of you know a little material on no. something I had co- yeah yeah so we rec- we actually recorded like ten or fifteen minutes of me talking about this fried rice I had made some <laughs> you know some cooking methods yeah. a little uh, a little uh, 
you know, ingredient talk, a little, uh, you know, Laogan Ma magazine. I, I don't remember. Discussion. I don't remember any of that. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And then what did you do? You cut it to like two words and, you know, it's cool and everything that uh, you thought it got a good laugh. But like, and I appreciate that you do all the editing. Yeah. I mean, John, you don't just do the editing. You, you write all the jokes. You're the host. You know, you, you're, you're just the best. And me, I just, I just try and keep my farts. Oh, oh no. I try and keep them under control, but I'm losing control. Oh, John, you, you gotta edit this out. Oh my god. Ah! Oh god, it's me. This is, this is Devin McIntyre, and I'm, oh, I'm just, I'm farting my fucking ass off. Ah! You know, that's not really uh, what I signed up for. Wow, um, uh, Dev, that was uh, uh, quite the tirade and uh, quite the unexpected ending. I hope everything is okay over where you are. Uh, I'm sure everything is is um, is just fine. What a treat, though. Thank you for um, sharing how you feel. We'll skip what you eat uh, uh, this week. Um, well, that was great. That was um, that was a lot of fun, Dev. Thank you so much. Uh, again, for letting me know how you feel about um, the editing on this show. Um, but what won't require any editing is one of your spectacular impersonations. I, I heard you do some of the best impressions in Brooklyn. Is this true? That's definitely not true. Uh, I know you know that because you asked me to do an impression and I told you that I don't do any. Uh, well, no, no. You specifically told me, and this is true, you specifically told me you do one impression that blows everybody's minds. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping you can work up the nerve to share it with us on the show. Hey, wouldn't you like that, guys? Wouldn't you like that? Yeah, okay. All right, all right. I, I, I do have one, I do have one impression in, in the bag. I could do, I could do it. Okay, who, uh, who is this? What are we about to hear? Uh, well, you know, you know uh, Keith Morrison from Dateline? Oh yeah, he's the guy who like delights in the suffering of of everyone else. I, I know that guy. Sort of. It's yeah. Bill Hader has famously uh, has made him famous for delighting in the suffering of others through his his impression of Keith Morrison that he that he does on Saturday Night Live and other places. Um, my impression is of Bill Hader doing his Keith Morrison impression. So this isn't your Keith Morrison. This is your take on Bill Hader doing Keith Morrison. Yes, that's exactly right. All this right. This is going to this is okay. So this is Bill Hader as Keith Morrison. My impression of Bill Hader as Keith Morrison. All right, the stage is yours. Let's hear it. I love Dateline. Do you guys watch Dateline? It's, <laughs> Do my, you favorite really it's my favorite show. <laughs> it's the only t I love true crime shows. And Keith Morrison has that real folksy kind of way of talking. He's like, saw your, you saw your father shot in the face. <laughs> and I go, well, that must have been a while. <laughs> and, uh... Um, uh, uh, Dev, and I I'm sorry to call you out, but that sounds a lot like you played a YouTube clip of the real Bill Hader impersonating Keith Morrison. Oh, thanks, John. I, 
I don't really think it's that good, but I appreciate I appreciate that. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying it was so good. It sounded like Bill Hader. I, I'm saying I'm accusing you of playing actual video, real video of Bill Hader impersonating Keith Moore. I, I think I heard a host who definitely wasn't me. Uh, I mean, that's not our that's not our audience at all. Wow, that's. I mean, John, I told you that I don't do impressions, and I was being honest. So <laughs> this level of praise coming from you who i know you're like a connoisseur of impressions I, I didn't expect it to be that convincing but you're thank you john this i really appreciate that you know what man um you know i'm just gonna let you have it all right everybody give it up for Devin's great impression there's nothing like the nfl and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should too. Hello. I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. All right, thank you, everybody. Thank you. We're back again, and uh, I'm so happy to announce the second guest on the show ever, the first guest and only guest tonight, uh, from rotaviz.com. Uh, for my money, the best fantasy football player alive, Mr. Sean Siegel! Wow, all right. Wow, what a reception. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're so excited to have you here. Well, it's it's exciting to be here for the second show. Obviously, it's hard to come after Pete. However, getting a chance to talk with you guys, I don't know. I mean, people who have read on the site for a long time, I think, have a sense of how you are two of my very favorite people involved with Rotoviz in any way, shape, or form. And so being on the podcast, getting to talk with you guys in person, uh, it, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, we appreciate your flattery. And it will get you everywhere on this show. Yeah, uh, everywhere. <laughs> absolutely everywhere. Um, I, I know you're, you're following Pete, and um, I don't know why you wanted me to ask him about beating you that week, but uh, Pete actually mentioned to me that there was a revenge game, and it did not go his way. Yeah, well, the thing that I had expected Pete to say was that he was especially happy that I had the second highest score of the week but I matched up with him. He didn't really talk about how he was the high scorer, how he was the best player in our league. So I think he missed an opportunity there. Uh, the second week, yeah, I think I did win. It wasn't, you know, the same explosive contest. So, you know, I don't think either of us uh, have anything to brag about there. You know, in my experience, uh, when you're used to winning, it's not really a big deal. 
Um, uh, Sean, I'm not trying to... Uh, 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 what, what is it called? Gas you up? Dev, is that what the kids say? Gas you up? Some of them. Yeah. The, the Some cool, of them say that. Talking about the cool kids. Oh, okay, yeah, they say that, I think. Sean, I'm not trying to gas you up here, okay? I'm not trying to give you a big head, but I, I think you're probably thought of as um, one of the best fantasy football players around. So, um, who better to ask than you? Uh, can you explain to our audience uh, what is fantasy football? I, I think I would probably challenge all of those things, but I would I would like it to be what we do, but also the t-shirts with the wizards on them. I mean, I think we need to expand <laughs> out into some different directions. <laughs> well, I, I mean, all I'm saying is, you know, I read recently that fantasy football is a bigger industry than the NFL, but nobody knows what it is. How long have you um, been involved with? Uh, is this the same as is kitchen kitchen sinko? I've seen that thrown around. Is that a kitchen sink league? That's that's the fifth one. Yes, and that one has four conferences, and uh, or four divisions. Yeah, one one big Super Bowl in the end. It uh, it's a lot of fun. And have you ever taken down a kitchen sink? Uh, well, my teams, I. I'm excited about, you know, have Barkley in some. So my team, my, my kitchen Cinco team, you, you know, it has uh, Barkley, McCaffrey, David Johnson, and Austin Eckler. And it was doing fairly well until Drew Brees and Barkley went down. So now you've got to make a bunch of trades. You've got to decide, you know, if you want to trade Barkley or if you want to just go pick him up in all the other leagues. So um, I, I think that Barkley is an interesting guy. We had some good... Uh, info on the website from Dr. Budoff about his injury, how he's going to come back, how he's still going to win all of the fantasy titles for anybody who makes it to that point. Uh, but yes, it, it's disappointing to no longer have like four of the top six guys. This sounds like a, a very long-winded way of saying that, no, you've not won. You've got to be aspirational with it with all of your kitchen sink ownership. Yeah. No, I like that answer. I was not, it was not a critique. I, I, you know, you can get into politics if the whole fantasy football thing doesn't work out, Sean. That was just a beautiful sidestep there. I, I fell right for it. I was going to let it go. But Dev snapped on you like a cobra, which is, which is uh, exactly what he's here for. Uh, uh, Dev, I know you were telling me earlier, um, you were wondering about Rotoviz, like what is Rotoviz? I did, you know, uh, I, I put these articles up, but it's like, you know, there's a brand new website. It looks great, but then, you know, you're looking around for the, like, what is Roto, what is Rotoviz? What is Rotoviz? You know, couldn't navigate to that. I would love to have, you know, a little explainer, like a Vox.com kind of page that's like, what is, first of all, what is fantasy football for those who don't know? And then two. <laughs> Now we have that. We have the answer to that. But now, you know, what is Rotoviz.com? Sean, you start off, sort of your claim to fame was as a player in like the FFPC and all those titles. And then you wrote the groundbreaking zero RB stuff. But now you're running the whole show. Like what is, how, how do you sort of see yourself in this landscape now? Well, I think that the sort of drive to build the website 
and to be interested in as many things as Frank was interested in. I think that you have to be interested in a lot of stuff, interested in the world to, to do what Frank did in building the site. And essentially what happened was he got too interested in other things and could no longer sort of keep it going. And so basically what you know we're trying to do now is sort of shepherd it through that next phase. And I think the guys who are involved in a lot of the leadership stuff, like Blair and Curtis and Dave, Mike, Anthony, I mean, they're doing a fantastic job. And all I've really been hoping to do is uh, be part of you know creating this, this forum, this opportunity where people can go in and write the kind of stuff that Devin writes, for example, which is fantastic. And so really that's that's been the whole thing. Devin, uh, uh, what do you write? I, I, I'm not a fan of yours. Uh, uh, if anyone in the audience is a fan of Devin's, uh, do, we have a, do we have a cricket sound? Yeah, we've got a cricket sound. Oh, yeah, listen to those cricket stuff. Uh, it, well, there's no fans in the audience, but if there were, uh, uh, what would you say to them about what you write? Well, I, in season, I'm writing the Talk and Trades. Uh, I'm writing a trades column. It's called Talk and Trades. Um, and, but... Uh, during the off season, I contribute stuff as well. I was I was also on that anti uh, David Montgomery bandwagon and wrote a pretty lengthy piece about why you should draft <laughs> Gareth White on <laughs> dynasty teams. But to, to me, those are like the fun. Those are the fun articles because, and it's sort of like what Sean is saying. It doesn't really matter if Gareth White happens. You know that the chances of that are slim. But the fun part is thinking about the different situations, the different team situations, and just like understanding how it unfolds. So it, in, in this particular one, maybe you didn't draft Kareth White, but you had, the, you had the right idea about how unsettled the Bears' backfield was, and you probably made the right decisions on all of the players on that team um, if you read my article. And this is one of the reasons why I love to read Devin in one of the reasons why I think it's important to know about those guys, because I don't think the door is completely closed yet by any stretch. And this is how you end up with Austin Eckler, Matt Breida, those kinds of guys, not just on one team, but every team. And that's how you win your dynasty leagues is you, you've got to own those players in bulk because they give you so much more value than they cost. Hey, uh, Sean, serious question for you. And I'm sorry, I don't have a segue for it, but uh, what do you call it when you're a Chris Carson owner and you're happy that Penny got hurt? Rashad and Freud. <laughs> I don't have a great segue, Dev. I know you're sitting on a hundred uh, uh, barn burners of, of some questions. No, I actually, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't remember what, uh... All you had what, for Sean fucking Siegel is Woods Rotoviz? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna ask him about the, uh, uh, you were gonna do the Chiefs bit. I got a whole bunch of stuff about, here, I, listen, we're, Sean, you were borderline obsessed with something called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Do you remember that? Well, I was thinking about it as I was getting ready for the pod today. <laughs> and just how, you know, if you haven't read that, really any quote, if you just open up the script 
and put your finger in there anywhere. You're going to have something that you could throw into a fantasy football article or like any other thing that you're writing in any area of life. And it would have some sort of relevance that you could tie in or would have a juxtaposition that would be interesting and make you think about something else in a different way that maybe unlocked something for you. And so, yeah, certainly read that if you haven't. It, uh, and it's, it's really funny as well. So I mean, you, can't, you can't go wrong there. Sean, what's your what's your least favorite movie you've ever seen? Like, what just made you sick? Uh, probably Snowpiercer. What? At this, this point, movie? John and Sean movie? argued about the movie Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer for seventeen you minutes. Go in and it has like an eighty, right? You know, I, I don't want to pick just the things that, you know, are, are obviously bad. I mean, it's not like you're going to come out and say that the uh, show that just won all of the, the TV show awards was maybe the worst TV show of all time. It doesn't, it, 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 that part always strikes me as being a bit odd because Game of Thrones wasn't just like the worst television show ever in terms of the final season, right? It was, it was an utter travesty. Oh my so, God! I I oh Sean I I came on here just ready to agree and I'm coiled. At up this like point, John and Sean argued about Game of Thrones for forty minutes. Devin hasn't seen Game of Thrones. Make a pro argument for the final season of Game of Thrones. Sean, you've been a figure in the industry uh, for a long time. Uh, you've got your own podcast. You've been on a hundred podcasts. Um, what's something that? you want our listeners to know about you that they probably don't know? Well, I don't know if the, the thing that I, I do enjoy talking about, because I, I think it is kind of fun, is that I've never really worked, which I think is, again, another example of being very lucky, right? Out of college, I was an English major. My tennis coach always joked about you know, what was I going to do, open an English shop? And so the joke was a little bit on him because then I did go and coach college tennis for the first five years out of college. And really with the idea of using that as a transition into being a novelist. And that transition is is ongoing. So we're, we're many years into the future. The fantasy football has also been a similar type of thing where it's something that has happened in the course of writing the novel that has never gone anywhere but that sean i'm i'm stunned i have i sincerely had no idea that first off i didn't even know you're an english major i certainly didn't know you're writing the next great american novel uh dude i love your writing like i would break my don't read books uh uh, uh protest to actually read your book um i, I know You've described it as a as a never ending, never completed novel, but can you give us a taste of what it might be about? One of the things that I find frustrating, right, is this idea that you see in, in so much sci-fi where the computers become aware and then their first decision is to kill all the people. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, kill all humans. It's the first impulse. Well, and, and sometimes it's because it's for self-preservation because they understand that one of the first instincts that people will have is to kill them. And so you can certainly understand that. However, this idea that that this great 
sort of all-powerful, not that it would be all-powerful, but this, this superior intelligence that their first solution to problems with the environment or problems with uh, saving different ecosystems is that, oh, there are too many people. We're going to kill all the people and, and solve all these problems. I just, I don't buy that, right? The first thing that they're going to do is deliver people to many other planets in the universe. And suddenly you have a situation where both uh, intelligent life, unintelligent life, you know, different sorts of plants, you know, all these kinds of things are going to survive and they're going to thrive. But once they've done that, there's not going to be anything more interesting for them to do on that. And so they'll go on, do their own thing. People will be left in this sort of new society and have to deal with a post-AI environment, which I think will raise all different kinds of, of questions that are more interesting to me personally, not necessarily more interesting in general than some of the things that we currently are seeing in sci-fi. So perhaps there'll be something along those lines, or perhaps there will just be more fantasy football. <laughs> it sounds fascinating. Right, sincerely. And I'm so glad someone came on the show and plugged a book. Sean, I don't mean to put you on the spot with this, but um, it's a requirement of all of our guests. Uh, Pete came on last week. I know he's a comedian, but he told a joke. And um, I think we're going to have to ask you to do the same thing. Uh, and, and listen, I don't want an anecdote, Sean. All right? I don't want some grocery store trip, Sean. I want a joke with a setup and a punchline. Is that something you can do for us? Yes. However, I, I do just want to, again, introduce the idea that coming on directly after Pete is not the ideal scenario here for, well, anyone who's not Pete, because you know he's fantastic. Uh, the, just as long as we have the expectation very low. OK, here we go. Here we go. So. Um, a climate denier, a philosopher, and Bill Belichick walk into a bar. They start talking about the meaning of life, and the bartender calls over Joe Bluth to be the arbiter in their discussion. The bartender wants him to be the judge of the best way to live. So the climate denier goes first and says, never to today what you could leave to burn in eternity tomorrow. Joe says, well, that's an unfortunate mix of procrastination and Christian apocalypticism, but okay. Bill? And Bill says, we're just focusing on this week's game. <laughs> Joe, Joe goes, okay, seems a little spectacular now-ish for my taste, identity being memory and all. Philosopher? And the philosopher says, you both have it wrong. Time is an illusion. And Joe goes, you mean time is a trick. Illusions are what poets craft for money. And then the bartender says, well, obviously the narrator telling this joke should just stop while he's already behind. But we're moving on to the lightning round, and this is going to just involve Bill and Job, because somehow Job has gone from judge to participant. And the final question is, what's the difference between Antonio Brown and NFL Sunday Ticket? Bill, you go first. And Bill says, I'm just here to talk about next week's game. And then Job snaps his fingers and says, nothing, there is no difference. Neither one still works in week three. <laughs> Oh, 
right, everybody, that's been our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, next time, we've got Mr. Curtis Patrick from Dynasty Command Center and Rotoviz.com. It's going to be a great show. Make sure you tune in again, and thank you all so much. Done. Pros. It's a bunch of fucking pros, man. Pros is podcast game. <sighs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Never mind. Uh, you want it to be in the show me obviously complimenting you guys because it's important to me that the people listening understand how much I appreciate what you guys have done, but also just offer that, uh, or obviously do the show however you want, but thanks for having me on. And, and I love you guys. And I, I'm really excited for, for where this is going to go. Uh, you know, do make sure you try and, you know, cut to the limited number of, curse words or whatever it is nobody builds 5g like verizon builds 5g because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in america and the more you do with 5g the more building it right matters the more your network matters the more verizon engineers going the extra mile matters it's us pushing us it's verizon versus verizon 5g built right from america's most reliable network most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.